0: We got a really cool question on Twitter the other day, and we decided, why not start our first Q&A segment?
1: Today we talk about puzzles.
0: I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. And welcome... No, I keep doing that. I keep. Do- we are two game masters who can't stop talking about role-playing games.
1: And like we said today, we're talking about puzzle. It comes from a, a question we had on Twitter from
0: Laughing Vrock. Yeah, it's a really cool question, and thank you, Laughing Vrock, for sending it our way. Should I just start reading yeah. it up? Let's just go. Let's go right into it. So Laughing Vrock says, "One puzzles. I love puzzles personally." Or, making a mistake already. I got, I got a script that I can't even read. <laughs> Personal experience is players dislike puzzles. How do you keep players interested?
1: So, as is the first part of this uh, question, is the statement about our experience. So, I think, have you felt like that? Like, Firstly, do you like puzzles?
0: I love puzzles. I really do. I, I like them a lot. And I like puzzles. I mean, I like puzzles as a person. Mm-hmm. So when a puzzle is put in a game, I find it a lot of fun. I usually just like I'm no I'm no longer my character anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's how how you feel with puzzles. I I, mm, I
1: ha- as a player, I feel like it's also the, the the way I see it too. Uh, we both have a background in mathematics. I think that might. Because we do math a lot, when we have a puzzle, it's fun. We kind of like uh, it's it's a we're game for us. Really
0: excited about it. <laughs> yeah, we're nerds.
1: Surprise, surprise. Um, and um, yeah, so it's it's difficult to, to, to bridge the gap between the player and the character and having role play. Today we're gonna talk about that uh, in more detail. But I feel like it's it's definitely something that happens to us. Um, I know I, I I thought I didn't like puzzles uh, before playing with you because in the past I had. Game Master giving me puzzles that were more about if you don't have the exact answer I want, mm. you're dying, <laughs> like you're going to die. And again, another problem, a typical problem with, uh, with puzzles, or, or at least if you don't succeed, you're, you're stuck there until you succeed and we're basically putting a pause on any, everything else. And again, that's something we're going to talk more. But as a Game Master, have you felt like putting puzzles, like players would dislike them?
0: Um, no, actually, I, I can't say I that that Laughing Brux statement resonates with me, but part of it actually part of the reason I originally included puzzles in my games when I when I game master is because I was actually asked by my players to include them. Mm-hmm. Um, I played for a long time with my my now with my with my wife, but back then she was my girlfriend, and I played with her and a few of her friends. And to them, the, one of their favorite parts about playing in my in my game. Was the puzzle, like they almost at the end of a game when when there wasn't a puzzle, they'd be like, "Oh, I really ah, there wasn't a puzzle this <laughs> week." So yeah. so, to me, it was it came from their desire. And here, when I'm saying puzzle, I mean like very literal one of yeah. these puzzles that you're referring to, where there's only one solution. It's very much like a, out of like a video game or or something that I would inspire from from something like this. Like, yeah, that's a puzzle. Good. Did you have that here prepared? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for for those of you listening, Chris pulled out a Rubik's cube.
1: Yeah, um, thank you uh, for pointing that out. Actually, <laughs> yeah. So I, I I think that I think that's interesting. It's on the demand of the player, uh-huh. and you you mentioned something about I um, think the player ask for it as a very important part of their experience. And to me, I thought of the three pillars of uh, role play, combat, and exploration. I'm like. Puzzle kind of i I'm not yeah, sure where that's they a fit in point right they they might fit in exploration, you can put them there, yeah. you could put them in combat, it would be just like an element that's kind of it's not really it's not combat and like and it's, it can... It's it not roleplay. It, it can
0: enhance combat. It can yeah, enhance it en- exploration. I think that... Is that what you're getting with this? It's- yeah, I, th-
1: I think it's like... it's it, it doesn't go anywhere, but it could go everywhere kind mm-hmm, of deal. Mm-hmm. But if I had to put it in one, it would be by default exploration because it's so different from the t- two others. It's kind of exploring... Like if it's a door that has a puzzle on it, it could be part of the exploration to actually solve it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I don't know. I was just... Thinking about that.
0: Uh, so the second half of the question is, how do you keep players interested?
1: So how do we keep player interested? So if I kind of put both of the question for me personally, I, I never had the feeling that my players were bored with a puzzle I put mm-hmm. because I worry a lot about that. I, I felt I feel like I've a, I I've come up with ways for people for players to be very invested in the puzzle and make them relevant for the story stuff like that. For instance, being relevant to the story is a way to keep keep them interested. There's a lot of mechanical thing going with puzzles, um, but let me throw it uh, back at you. Actually, what's the main thing that comes in your head when you're trying to establish a good puzzle?
0: Um, I mean, making making sure that they're interesting. I, I think for me, I, I try, especially in my more recent game mastering, I try not to make explicit puzzles. Mm. For me puzzles that only have one solution have their place when the players ask for them or as like a a fun additional thing to do.
1: It's a bit gimmicky.
0: But it can mm. feel a little bit gimmicky. So I can I can see why Laughing Rocks players might not really resonate with puzzles. So instead when I when I put something that I consider to be close to a puzzle, usually it's more like a challenge, you know, a, mm. an environment or a space with an obstacle. It could be like a big pit, and you got to get across the pit. Or there's a, there's a, all these different levers, and some of them open doors, and some of them don't, and some of them zap you. I mean, that could be considered a puzzle, but it's yeah. not really like there's one sequence of levers that the players need to do to open up the one door they have to go through there'll be a bunch of different levers and some of them open up some cool doors, some of them open up a pit and someone falls in and gets hurt and it might feel like there's a wrong answer but it never feels like an answer is completely vetoed. Um, sometimes I don't even know what the answer is. Oh, Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you, you just create something and you just don't know how they're going to solve it. You basically prepare the building blocks but not necessarily what they're going to end up with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Um, a lot of my one shots are like this, where it's like there's a mission, you're going on a heist, or you're going to kidnap someone, or you're going to go do something. And to me, the puzzle is how do you get into this place without getting found? Mm-hmm. I make a place, I put guards, I put stuff in the way. How are they going to get in? I don't know. And maybe this is a very conceptual idea of what a puzzle might be. Yeah, um,
1: I, and I think you're, you're touching on something interesting there where a puzzle could be seen as a Rubik's Cube, but it could also, like, wh- whenever you're using Ingenuity, mm-hmm. you're kind of doing some kind of puzzle, right? D&D or any kind of role play is really conducive to, to this because any challenges that, that are put in front of you, you can come up with your own answer and see it as, as a puzzle. I know you, like, from playing in your game, a lot of the combat... Feel like a puzzle with fighting in it, mm. and also roleplay opportunity. Like it's all it's all mixed together, but it's about okay. I need to first figure out how to get into this place of the map, and then I get in. And once I'm in, I need to figure out how this cannon works, and then how where are the the, the balls to put in the cannon. And once I figure out how to use it, I can shoot and actually succeed at the combat while the other ones are defending. Cool.
0: It, it, I'm glad you feel that way because mm-hmm. yeah, I make I put a lot of active effort into combat, actually. To me, swinging and attacking isn't very fun. I want there to be an additional layer of complexity. Usually, it comes out in this form of, of, mm-hmm. of puzzle. Uh, so
1: it's not like like uh, we were talking about the pillars before. It's interesting now that we're talking about the the puzzle being... The combat being the puzzle, because uh-huh. it's not like, okay, here's a Rubik's cube, we're, we're, we're fighting, you need to solve that before you can hit, right? It, it wouldn't make any sense. So it feels like it should be really different, but like this, we could we could make it all together.
0: So maybe that's, that's half of an answer. I make it interesting by including it in other activities. A, a puzzle on its own can be fun if the players want it, but otherwise, it might not be that interesting. So try to make it part of combat try to make it part of a social interaction. Oh man, that could be really cool. Mm-hmm. Can can you think of other things, Chris? Uh, other pillars that puzzles could be really interesting in.
1: I think for for exploration I can see it like obviously we could just stop the game and have in front of a door and solve a puzzle, but for me something that feels very puzzly is an infiltration. Yeah. Um so you're not in the combat, you're you're figuring out how to to go somewhere like, like if you put a map in front of the players that gives them partial information. It's interesting. And they're trying to solve the, the optimal way or what could that mean on the map? Is there a way to figuring it out? Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it goes hand in hand with exploration. Um, and it gives us it gives the same feeling. So that I think we're, we're kind of trying to like cop out of using actual puzzle by saying like it's everywhere else. But what I'm saying is because it could be part of everything else kind of at the background, you can give the same feeling of a puzzle without actually giving uh, a stop to the game and having them solve a, some mm-hmm. kind of a box to open. It or could be fun. Or something. Yeah, yeah, it could be very fun, and I've used it. I, I use it very sparingly because players tend to do what you said at the beginning. Like They tend to say, okay, let's all focus on that thing. And then you have to manage, if you have five players, is there stuff to do for five players? Yeah. Again, that might be a, like something to think about when you design it. So, that's why I like to have a puzzle that's on the side of what's going on. I it could be exploration, it could be combat, it could be whatever, it could be social if you want. But if you manage that, the, the maybe two players that are actually interested in solving a puzzle will go towards that, where the other ones will do the rest. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. they need to scout, maybe they need to fight, whatever it is. And that way you don't impose doing a puzzle because I think people that like it maybe like it a lot, yeah. but people that dislike it really... They don't want to take their Friday to go solve Rubik's Cubes. They want to maybe smash doors or they want to role play or they, whatever they, they like in a role-playing game.
0: And, and to add to that, Chris, when you do that in a situation like combat, to me it's perfect because combat does have a lot of time where you're taking turns. You're going from one person to the next. Well, all that time between my turn or your turn or whoever, whoever's acting, if I'm the one that's invested in this puzzle, I can spend that whole time thinking about it. I can mm-hmm. spend the whole time looking at the map, trying to decide which of the five holes need to have the rock pushed into to be able to open the gate or whatever because I can I can like puzzle it out on my own, take little notes on my paper or what have you, while the others do their turns. And then when it comes back to my turn, I swing my sword or I do my action and then I go on. I go back to trying to solve the puzzle.
1: Mm-hmm. If you are thinking of like, using a puzzle... Uh, they, they they're stuck they need to move forward I think something we need to f- make sure we do is the cost of trying different combinations let's say it's a combination lock of, of some kind oh, yeah. if if, yeah. if they can just try 17 combination maybe it's okay maybe uh, maybe it's fine but if you want to give an actual like penalty of trying the, those combinations what I like to do is it almost starts a timer or and and or what's it We'll say. We'll say. The French yeah. came out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my French-Canadian came out. Uh, okay. Uh, what I was saying is, yeah, you could just basically trigger an encounter, right? You, they, they have a time to figure out. They see it. They see the pillar that they have to figure out. All the team looking at it. Oh, wait, wait. One of them tries something, and then uh, something clicks, mm-hmm. and there are bugs coming from the walls, or there are goblins that are alarmed. Uh, alarmed. And that means, okay, we not only have to solve this puzzle we have to make sure we're alive to, to, to solve it and maybe there's a timer that constant reinforcement so basically it's you can put all of them together uh, pretty easily I
0: think um, something that this reminds me of and mm-hmm. something that, that I do Chris actually when I make my puzzles is I actually follow a philosophy that that I think Nintendo game designers use and it's it's like a, the Super Mario philosophy okay. so a lot of a lot of levels in the Super Mario games, I'm all, and I don't know if there's any gamers that are listening or watching, but um, the video game players, I should say, because gamers, we're all tabletop. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I digress. Uh, their design philosophy for games in the Mario levels is usually intri- you start with an introduction to a concept, then you let the player mess around with that concept mm. in an environment where they can't get hurt. So like, let's say the concept is doing a double jump. Well, the oh, first yeah. thing is mm-hmm. you let them run around in an open space. Second thing is you, let them, you you give them an obstacle, they have to double jump over it. But if they fall, they don't fall into anything dangerous, they can just walk back to the top of the mountain and try again. The, the third phase is where it gets serious. This is where there's lava in the hole, and you gotta jump over the lava. And if you make a mistake this time, your character loses a life. So I try to follow the same philosophy when I make a, I make a puzzle. Mm. Or at least when it's doable. And it, it makes the players feel, I think, less frustrated with the puzzle. Because if I just toss something that has this major consequence if they don't get it right, that doesn't feel fair. Uh,
1: to have this progression is very interesting and a safe way to make sure it's not going to be confusing. Because that's another thing for puzzle that are problematic if you if you see that your players are confused, you kind of lost them yeah, right if yeah. they're not sure what they have to do, or what I would say if if they're not sure what you mean, let's say you have description and you're not using uh handouts or anything you're you're just saying what it looks like if they don't have the exact image you have in your head, it might be problematic oh, for, for sure. them to solve it so so that's where maybe handout maybe drawings or maybe just Making sure everything is clear by um, just repeating stuff, or
0: mm-hmm. M- mm-hmm.
1: making sure we're all on the same page is very important, especially when doing puzzles.
0: Yeah, for sure. I hope that answers your question, Laughing Vlog. I-, I know it. It we kind of skirted around it a little <laughs> bit.
1: Something I didn't really have a chance to talk about that's really uh, important for me when creating puzzles is uh, the fact that I want the players to feel like there's a progression. So the feeling of getting stuck when solving a puzzle is the most frustrating thing ever. I hate it. So there's different ways to, to, to solve that problem, but I like to put layers of small things they can solve and f- they feel that they're moving forward. It could be going from one room to the next. It could be getting one click out of four clicks that you need to get. Anything you can think of of giving partial success is, is, is great because it gives feedback also like, yeah, we're on the, the right track, we're not doing... An hour of solving and have no idea. No, we're doing it 15 minutes. Okay, now the new thing.
0: Yeah, and and that's why a lot of these like escape room game things are really mm -hmm. popular, right? Because it's a collection of small puzzles. Yeah. Uh, You feel like each little piece is a progression towards a greater end game. I
1: don't know if you, if people watching have done an escape, but imagine doing an escape that takes I don't know what are they 45 40 minutes? I don't know how long they are.
0: Uh, I think it's between 30 and an hour, depending on. Let's go with
1: 40 minutes, but instead of having like oh i get the ball and then i can put in the thing and get the key and let's say it's just one big thing and you just get to open the door at the end that, that's, that's that's work right that you don't you need the little clicks every time to get positive reinforcement that you're doing things right anyway so that's one thing uh, the other thing that's very important for me is reducing the gap between player and character so if we go back to what you were saying at the beginning the, mm-hmm. oh, now I get a puzzle, I can stop being my character and I'm just me solving it. The way I, I like to reduce this gap is I like to give um, something that the player can work on, but that the character can help through skills. Mm-hmm. So for those who watch Blood and Betrayal, uh, this example is going to come from it, but the letter it's kind of a riddle and in my head, riddles are a bit... They're puzzling. They're, they're language puzzles. And there was a lot of aspects to solve this, the players could solve it by themselves, but I would make the characters make skill checks to figure out some parts. And it would give information to the players to solve the thing more easily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and using their background. And you, So there's a lot of different ways to, 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 to do that. Um, maybe one last thing, unless you wanted to Well, I was in. just going to mm-hmm. say,
0: part of this, if you want to like try to conceptualize it, is that when you're putting the characters in front of a puzzle you want to be able to engage both elements, the the character's knowledge and the player's knowledge. And if you can kind of find a way to get both of these elements incorporated into solving the puzzle, that's when I think you've achieved this balance that Chris is talking about.
1: Yeah, and and to give uh, one last part, uh, I'm out of the frame, I'm back. Um, Here is a box. So this box is, uh, maybe some of you know it, it's uh, an escape room you can buy and there's like four escape room that comes with it, but escape room you can do at home. Um, in one of the games, uh, For the Blood and Betrayal, I took that and I created an adventure. Uh, they had to go through a temple to retrieve something. And the way I, I saw, I, I kind of designed it, is when you buy that kind of game, you usually have things to solve and you get hints. If after two minutes you're not at this point, you'll get a hint. Well, that, all those hints yeah. I would give through skill check. They would not necessarily get it if they, they fell their skill check. But, oh, you roll a notice check to notice that the corpse has a letter on them or an investigation check. You roll a knowledge to understand that the glyphs might work together. All those hints would be put through a skill check. Um, yeah, and, and that worked great. Like, it, it worked very well. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, I did that escape before, I studied it and there was three parts to it and the last part was like the last seven minutes of the the hour of this escape and i made that part optional so they they only had really to reach it to to fulfill the objective of the quest they had to succeed at the first two and the third one was for treasures
0: laughing brock i hope we answered your question or or in some regards uh we we shed some light on on the the topic you brought forward Uh, This being said, Chris and I realized that this episode is a little bit messy. I know we kind of talked about different things, and it wasn't super structured. Uh, To be honest, that was kind of the intention, Mm -hmm. right, Chris? Uh, We we wanted this episode to be kind of similar to our deep dive conversations, our longer podcast versions uh, of our conversations. So maybe this is a good time to talk a little bit about uh, the new structure that we're looking to, to do.
1: Yeah, so we used to do one very long and then do a short version of like the takeaway of the long video. So what we're going to do now is we're, we're trying to really engage the community more and not just come up with our own questions. Yeah. Um, we we want to hear your questions, and that's why we're really happy that The Laughing Rock uh, participated, because it, it gave us fuel. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take Q&As to fuel our discussion, do a I don't know, 15 to maximum maybe 30 minutes. Probably this video is gonna be on the longer side. And once we have this, we'll do again the short. That's more from our views and stuff. We we've, People seem to, to, to prefer that mm-hmm. and we love doing them. So we're, and for the podcast, you'll get this uh, mash together of the QA's and the short one. The short one were actually not on podcast uh, previously, so you'll get this new thing. It's going to be more like freeform and then really structured and we hope you enjoyed it
0: and those those short ones are kind of like more takeaways so tips tricks or even just uh, like lists of considerations for you as a listener or a viewer to consider when you plan your games when you game master or, or what have you i would also like to take this opportunity to to thank laughing brock for their question uh there was a second part to the question talking about traps Maybe we're going to get to that in another episode. Mm -hmm. And I'd also like to call out to everybody who's listening and watching. If you have questions, please engage with us. So you can do that by reaching out to us on Twitter. It's at role underscore play underscore chat.
1: Or as always the email.
0: That's Chat at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And thanks, Chris. Thanks, (laughs) Pat. Let's call it a chat. I tried something. Yeah, it works. (laughs) I am Chris, and I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We are two game masters. I almost messed it up. Yeah, I guess. we are two <laughs> game masters who can't stop talking about roleplaying games.
1: And today we talk about puzzles a bit more. So <laughs> last episode we did q a, and A kind of free-form talk. Today we are really putting all, putting it all together. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you're listening on podcast, then we. We just had the discussion. We just (laughs) talked
0: about it. Um, So now we're going to give you five problems that puzzles have and solutions to those five problems. So stick with us. We're going to get through all five of these problems and ways for you to deal with them. Um, And I think we ought to give credit where credit is due. This episode is inspired by a question that was given to us on Twitter by Laughing Vrock.
1: So we talked a little bit. We touched on little aspects of it. But now Mm. we're going really in the deep end. So the first thing... I think uh, that can be problematic with puzzle is making sure they feel appropriate to what's going on it not out
0: of place yeah yeah i it, it's sometimes easy to get inspired by a really cool puzzle and feel the need to just put it somewhere to be like you walk up to the bartender and you ask him for your beer and he goes hmm, to get your beer you must answer my riddle and it's like <laughs> dude, that doesn't feel like it it fits there at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. even though you have a cool riddle, you want to put in the... So making sure it has purpose. Making sure it feels organic. So by organic, I mean... I usually create my puzzles the other way around. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I'm creating something and I'm like, oh, they would need to... I need a challenge for, for that part of the quest. A puzzle would make sense. And then I create it. I look at riddles or I make up my own.
0: In real life, when there's a excuse me, when there's a situation that someone will be cryptic about, you know, if, if you're talking about something that not everybody knows about, or you're part of a secret organization, you're you're giving information away sparingly, you're using code words, you're using things that are cryptic by nature because you're trying to keep it secret. So whenever there's an environment or a place or, uh, or information that's intentionally trying to be kept secret, that's when it feels appropriate because it is. Yeah, so I guess, so one solution is Go backwards, build it backwards.
1: And maybe uh, also, I mean, it's a trick, but it's maybe for your consideration. It's a good opportunity to give lore. So even though it's a puzzle, given like a lot of flavor relating to your world, mm-hmm. would make it feel more appropriate. Uh, the players will, will, will see it as part of the, the, the whole tapestry you're, you're, you're trying to, to make.
0: So that's the first problem. I hope we helped you solve it. The next problem is puzzles are boring.
1: Yeah, some players and game masters think puzzles are boring and it might might be true for you. But there's a lot of ways to make it less boring or Mm -hmm. I guess very engaging.
0: Yeah, um, one of the things that I really like to do to make my puzzles less boring is to pepper them in to other elements of the game. I often make my combats very puzzly. There's different objectives for the players to achieve. Or maybe they're interacting with something that's puzzly, like they're pushing blocks around, or they're 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 navigating some kind of ruins to like twist into a certain sequence. But while they're doing that, there's a fight happening. Uh, So that way, the people who want to solve a puzzle can solve a puzzle, and the people who want to just have combat have combat.
1: And it's very cinematic to have like a front line of people like defending against goblins, Mm -hmm. and then be like, "We need to get out of here." And the other one's like trying to solve the, the, the puzzle to, to like actually the door, escape.
0: And oh, yeah, it's,
1: yeah and a lot of time crunches. It's cool. Um, another, I think, pretty obvious way to maybe uh, deal with that is to use Handout. A lot of people use Handout. Um, if you have a riddle, just have it written on a piece of paper where they can actually touch it and you can even texture it or whatever. You can give a, a block. You can... Any 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 handout will make the puzzle more engaging.
0: And, and just not necessarily just for handouts, but a way to make things more interesting is to make the players think that they discovered it as a puzzle. If you can fabricate this aha moment where the players, you know, let's say they have a map. Chris, you did this really well in one of your games, so you know what? I'm going to let you talk about it because it was your... your... No, I'll keep going. You're you doing fine. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. So we were in a cave, we're walking through this dungeon and we find a map. And we look at the map and it, it correlates perfectly with the dungeon we've seen so far. But then when we get to the point in the dungeon where there's a hole in the ground and we jump down the hole and there's a whole other floor here, we realize this map isn't complete. Wow. So that's where we have that aha moment. It's not like a puzzle 100% like by the definition, but it, it's fabricating this moment where the players have a lack of information. And when we realize that, we we feel special. We feel like we figured something out
1: is very important when you're making puzzle that you don't give the player the answer. I know some people say the opposite, but I really think you need to bring the player to the edge of the cliff, but they're the one who's jumping, mm-hmm. right? They're the one who needs to do this haha moment. Because if you give that, if you rub the players from the haha moment, yeah. you lost. That's kind of the goal of the puzzle. Yeah. It's, it's only the moment you actually hear the click that you get the satisfaction. Well. A lot of the satisfaction. Yeah.
0: So that's part of the ways to remove that boring factor.
1: The last thing is, if if it's too easy, mm-hmm. it might be boring. I mean, if it's too easy, at least it's going to be short. If it's very difficult and very long, it's going to get boring. If it's very easy, it's going to get boring because it's just like...
0: It's too easy, but at least you're done
1: with it. Yeah, at least you're done with it it's, um, if it's short, right? And I mean,
0: the opposite end of this is you make it too hard. And, and that's another problem so that's our third problem is the players get stuck because the puzzle is too hard
1: and that that's very difficult to i think it's one of the biggest challenges finding the right balance of challenge between too easy and too hard i tend to go with easy is better because the the worst that can happen is they figure it out quick and Mm -hmm. they feel smart maybe smarter than you (laughs) what the hell right but if it's too hard then you're you're stuck, right? Uh-huh, so you, uh-huh. so we'll talk about a couple of ways to mitigate this, even though uh, just controlling the challenge um, is a way to do it.
0: One of the, the commonly said solutions to this, so you probably already know it, but I'll say it anyways, is that you don't want to make them mandatory. You don't want puzzles to be part of the critical path that the players need to take to get to the end of the dungeon or to make it to the next big plot reveal in your story. Because if that's the case, if they do get stuck... The only way to help them through it is to rob them of their aha moment. So really, what was the point of giving it to them in the first place?
1: I mean, another way could be to use clues. But it's hard to give a lot of clues and not rob the aha moment. Because uh-huh. if you say, but did you notice this? And did you notice that? At one point, you're just like, okay, whatever, man. Do the, do the puzzle. Right? I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not, apparently not doing it.
0: So uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then another solution could be just to be clear. You know, we talk about handouts, we talk about maybe drawing things on a map, if if your puzzle is very clear and the players have a point of reference to constantly look back to, that can help them uh, get unstuck, if if, if you want to say.
1: Yeah, and, and complete descriptions, if you're doing it more like theatre of the mind, it's a bit more tricky, but you need to be very, very clear, and you might have to repeat a lot. That's why the handout is, is fun, because they can read it all over again. Um, so yeah, being very clear, because a confused, a confusing puzzle, it's kind of the worst thing, because you get stuck and it's not even, it's just you don't have the, the, the correct information. And at, at, at the end, I would say, let's say you you messed up and it's too hard, they're stuck. Please don't blame the players. Please don't be like, well, you didn't do this. You didn't check the, the room. You didn't scout this. Like, it, It's not in the position, right? It's, we're working to, together to have fun. Worst case that happened, you just take the, the thing back and you're like, you know what, it didn't work the way I wanted to work. For not having fun, let's just move on. And maybe they don't get the experience point or they don't get the inspiration or they don't get whatever, right? Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. Um, something too to, to consider is that to, to mitigate having, the pu- uh, having your players get stuck is to not have a set answer to the puzzle in the first place. I know some people, I, I, I know actually on YouTube, this guy how to be a great GM says that puzzles need to have one answer and some people believe that I'm not one of those people I think puzzles can have one answer but in other situations can just be a a circumstance that the players need to use their ingenuity to try to get out of or into or solve so in those situations you might have a way you think they're going to get out of it But if they have just as clever of a way using a spell or using an item that you forgot they had, and now they've found a way to climb up the cliff that you didn't expect them to to find out, give it to them. Let them have it.
1: Yeah, you get the the yay moment anyway. Let's just hope it doesn't break your your quest and maybe you have (laughs) a little adjusting to do. But let's
0: move on. But Chris, there was the thing that you really wanted to talk about. What was it? This one.
1: Didn't I talk about this? I
0: don't think no, you talked okay. about
1: it. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, to make sure that the, 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 the people feel like they're not stuck, stuck it's to make sure that they feel like there's a progression. So have different, like the example I did in a previous video is like, if there's four clicks to solve, that they have one clicks, they're moving forward. They're getting from one room to the next. So making sure that they feel that they're progressing through solving the puzzle you're giving them. So that's, that's, A good way to keep longer puzzle interesting. Mm
0: -hmm. And the last problem, is it the last problem? It's the last problem. I said we had five. Sorry, guys, I lied. We only have four problems to solve. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The fourth problem that we're going to solve is this bleed between the characters and the players. Oftentimes, even when I'm a player or I'm a game master, there are situations where the players completely disassociate themselves from their character to solve a puzzle. And that's okay if that's what they want to do. But if that's not what you want to do, and, and honestly, I think there's a way to achieve this happy medium that elevates it. Even for the person who thinks they only want to be themselves, there's a way to add this extra flavor to the characters. So Chris, what's the solution to this problem?
1: My favorite way to do, solve this problem is to have the clues or the hints that helps solving the puzzle being skill checks or being the, the character. So the character is feeding information to the player through their skill check. Roll to see what they can figure out. And once you give them two or three hints as the team make different checks, then the players are ready to solve it. That way the character has input, has matters in solving the puzzle, but the player still get the fun and the satisfaction of doing them themselves.
0: So that was the four, not five, (laughs) problems, and the several solutions that we have to address them. I hope you guys like this short episode inspired by our Q&A segment. Like we mentioned in the first half of this podcast or in the other episode that I will link up. Oh, well, that's convoluted. That's convoluted, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I got through it. Um, please engage with us on Twitter to ask us questions that you might be having in your games. We send out a call out before we film, so keep an eye out for that. Our Twitter handle is at role underscore play underscore chat.
1: And our email address is Contact roleplaychat at gmail.com.
0: Thanks for listening, guys. And I think that's everything we have to say for puzzles. Right, Chris?
1: That's all, Matt.
0: Let's call it a chat.